Hebrews uh, 12 to a good friend of ours, Sarah, who went to this during the week. Uh, Hebrews 12 to, and for the joy set before him, uh, endure the cross. And uh, we're going to explore God's love for us. Um, I feel this is a, a, a message. Um, I certainly don't know the depth of God's love for me. And there's more for us to explore. And there's more for us to know the depths. Because it is endless. It is a movable love. And it is an endless love. And it's a lavish love that God has for us. And we're going to just explore some things. Um, I'm going to pose some questions. So you're going to have to answer. I'm only joking. It's not carried on the preaching today. I'm only joking. Um, but I want to ask you some questions to ponder in your heart and go, well, actually, do, what, what is it? Um, about, what do I know about God's love for me? As a personal, intimate God's so, so I'm going to hand you a few for a few seconds, right? Um, God wants you to know His love intimately, deeply, and personally, in the exact, unfailing manner that the sun rises and the sun falls, and it will continue to do that on a daily basis. Tons of scripture, and we'll go through them now in a few minutes. So many scriptures tell us about the undying love that God has for us. And the, the lavish words that are used in scripture, lavish, unfailing, all of these things. But my challenge to, you, to us, to all of us today, is, is, is do we live out of a place that we know we are truly and deeply loved? Um, there's a few scary thoughts here that when I was doing this, um, this ended up. there are Christians today, and I've walked this life as well, I've walked where, um, it, is, it is a journey, so I've walked not understanding God's love fully, and I'm hoping next year I will, I will understand even more about God's love for me, right? So we as Christians need to, that's our walk into the Holy of Holies, to understand God's love. I'm going to make a statement. The world now is in a mess, right? Absolute mess. What's the answer to that mess? God's love. That's the only answer. And it's the only answer that we can give. I remember one time, um, I, was, I was talking to somebody and uh, I said, hey, God loves you. Oh my goodness, the forgiveness of God, the hope you have. And God quickly to me saying, how can you talk like that? So if you, you don't even leave something out for you. I'm like, oh, right, where do I go with that, right? And it's so important that he wants you to realise the hope that is in you, the forgiveness, the love. Because how can you talk about it? How can you share it otherwise? Right? Um, so I want to ask you a question. Do you believe God's love for you? And like, can I just ask you to imagine, just imagine what would that look like if you did believe in God's love for you? What would your life look like? What would your heart condition be if you absolutely right here, right now knew that there is nothing that can take you away from the love of God. That he absolutely adores you as a son and daughter. Today we're talking about the deep and personal relationship of the love of God. And the one question I want to, to ask you, if at all you're, you're saying, I, I struggle here, I struggle to see God's love for me, I want to ask you a question, then what is God's heart towards you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Or even asked God, God, what is your heart towards me? How do you feel about me? He'll answer. You probably have to go into some silent place that Rob was talking about and ask that question. But remember one time um, uh, seeing this on the big screen, what is God's heart for you? And it knocked the knees off me. 
And I think it's a really interesting question because I never thought God had a heart for me. When I'm telling him, there's a huge heart for me. And at the same in the chorus. So, um, that's the start point. And one big answer Jesus gives us in Scripture to show you visually what God's heart is for us is the prodigal son. Now, I would just want to switch the name of that story to the loving father. I think sometimes we we do it in this sort of, that's just where I am in my walk at the moment. I read that story as a loving father. You know, and that's what Jesus, that is the father heart of God in that story towards you. Yeah, it's, a, it's absolute repentance. But just think of the father legging it out to the son when he was halfway, you know, he was miles away. And Jesus told us that story, not as a lovely little parable, but as a true story of your father's heart towards you. So, um, there's three things we're going to cover off, and um, now I'll just click on, I just want to cover off two things. Go. This thing is seriously weird. Um, so, uh, the death of God is going to go for you. We're going to just look on scriptures, and we're just going to pause and go, what does that mean for you? What, what does that mean for you? I don't know what goes in a sex. Last night, that word, the two first words, um, were not there. The danger. I only put them in last night when I was just going over this and praying. And I really felt written by the Spirit go, there is a danger in not believing God loves you. I'm going to go through that in a sec as well. And what was the joy said before Jesus? We're really going to look at that. Um, so let's have a look at the death of God's intimate love for you. I'm going to just read out some scriptures and we we'll go, go from there. Uh, so I challenge you. This is the challenge. When you hear these scriptures, do you hear them about you? Or like me, sometimes you hear scripture and go, "Is that really about me, Is that not about me, your man, <laughs> somebody else?" Because I believe it for somebody else before I probably believe it for me. Do you know what I mean? And I say to somebody, "This is about you," and then God go, "It's also about you, your mother's right?" You know? <laughs> so it's so important to hear these things for us, and that's the way God is. Okay, I need you together in your mother's room. Psalm 139. Do you believe that for yourself? Do you believe that God made your mm-hmm. home songs together for you? Yeah? And He's there with you. Right? It's quite a sad point, isn't it? Also, I love this. Side note, side note, side note. I love this. Um, I love the word that they use, that they miss, you know, because that's exactly what happens scientifically. From the song knitting together. How do you know that? I just love that anyway, it's not true. Um, your name is written on my hand, on my hand, on my hand, as I have Do you believe that you have an indelible mark on God's hands? A place on God's hand and on God's heart you can only fill. Now, no. I, I, I struggled with that, I have to say. I remember hearing that for the first time. There is a place in God's heart that you can only fill. I don't know that my heart. Where do I think of that? But it's worth thinking. And then he gave that. Look, for you, we all know this one. He gave his only son to get you back. There's a bit of twist in that, in that scripture. Well, he gave his only son to get you back. Do you really, really believe that that's what it is? That he did do that? <laughs> to not believe this, to not believe God's love, and I'm going to use the terminology that I heard from this 
Spirit. It may not be for you. I don't know, but this is what I heard. Right? When I was struggling, I really got to be looking And I won't go as far as saying that I felt it was it was full on sin, me denying God's love. I won't go that far. But more than that, I have to say. But I heard the word, and it was gentle. I heard the word mockery. And the Spirit brought me through this, saying, What else do you need? What else do you need him to do to show you the motion? If you don't believe that, I'm sorry. You might as well just stand in front of the cross and say, That wasn't for me. You might as well be there at that counter and say, Yeah, that's not for me, Jesus. But you didn't do that for me, did you? I don't think we all have the rights to do that. Because He did do that for us. And that is the depth of the problem. Over the last few weeks, I've been, t- I've been contemplating the word God's Lamb. We think about it, Lamb of God, and talk about the Lamb of God, but what does that really mean? Um, uh, it sounds obvious, right? But nonetheless, it quickened in my spirit over the last two weeks. God had to have a Lamb, a sacrificial Lamb, and He used His own Son to do that. There had to be a sacrifice. Now, if that's not what it is, I don't know what it is. That he had to have a sacrifice, and it wasn't me, and he used his only son. And it was just that, that, that child of God's hand has been sitting on my heart the last few So it's important to challenge your internal monologue. What is your internal monologue when you read verses like that? Do you skip over it? Is there a religious demeanor? You know, when you read something, is there a voice that just takes out? It's a monotone voice. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's been used so many times, right? Even when you know you, you hear biblical audio audio Bible, you hear a million voices. God so loved the world. Take the religious in your heart. And let God speak speak that into your heart. And you'll hear something different. I gave my only son for you. So we move on to the next bit, the danger of not believing and therefore not living in God's love. And the story of Exodus, I don't think about the story of Exodus, uh, Exodus 22 to 34, um, the, uh, Moses is with God, and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of Dublinese Bible here all the time. So very, very, um, I have to say, God, God goes to Moses, you want to see the last thing you know, right? <laughs> They've had to make it a calf. Why are you not having this? I'm not having that. Right? And then most of them don't believe in themselves. It's not happening because after all the things that you've done for them, maybe I'm making a calf. So God says, right, fair enough. Out of the way, I'll start with the sheep that they're down. Start down. They're deep. They're deep. And I have to say, right, Scott, that's a joke. Sheep in this one. Stop it. How did I not know? And I've done that. I've done that in my heart at times. I've given into other lives. I've not trusted God's love. So I asked God, what is it that made them look for something else? And I got an answer that I did not expect. Right? I got an answer I was expecting. You know, their hearts are hard, their this or that. And I got this answer. They did not believe my love for them. Mm-hmm. Now that is, that, the little more stops off. So intelligent, that was definitely not for me. 
He took joy because he could see curses broken over people's lives. Generational curses being broken. This nonsense. He took joy because he saw blessings being lavished upon us by the Father. He took joy in knowing that the joy and hope set in our hearts would last forever. He took joy in the restoration of our integrity as people. He wanted us to live in the integrity of him, our original design, our original promise. He took joy in the fact that our psychology would be healed. He took joy in that the Spirit would be poured out and we would receive gifts from our God. That we would be vessels for the Holy Spirit. He took joy that his kingdom would be restored. He took joy that the revelation of God's love would be poured out on our lives. And he took joy that one day he would return for his bride. If any of them put into your spirit, dwell on them today or over the next week. Because you can't just go by the statement of he took joy the joy set before him, to go onto a cross and a horrendous death. From there you can see that list of stuff that he took joy in. The great thing for me when I got from that is that I saw God's heart and his want to see sin diminish and destroy my life. That's phenomenal. That that's the joy. Now from that I took great strength. So the joy of the Lord is our strength. What an amazing strength to say, wow, I see the power of the cross. I see what you've done. And I can sing out of his promises. So I'm going to take you in. I think you have it. I'm just going to pray. Um, Jesus, I just want to say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are amazing. We thank you that we are the joy set before you. Lord Jesus, it's, we, we need the clicking in our hearts, the deeper revelation of God's love. This world needs the glory of Christ to know how much you love us. Because what else can we share? There's nothing else to offer other than your love. If it's not that, it's just religion. And we don't know for that. We proclaim to Jesus that we are your pride and joy. We thank you that what you endured, you did with joy. And you would see the authorities and principalities around our lives just as matters. We thank you that you see us as your brides. That you're a jealous, zealous lover of our soul. Our king. We thank you for the things that you saw as joy and what you endured. We enter into the power of your sacrifice right now, Jesus. The divine exchange. Death for life and life in you, Jesus. We get our Father back and he gets us back. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for the time that we gave our life over to you. 
and you saw a meeting, a meeting of our spirit and the Father, and you rejoiced over that meeting. Amen. You rejoiced, just as you told that story of the, of the prodigal son and the loving Father. You rejoiced at having God's children back to him into his bosom. Jesus, we pray right now that you dismantle doubt in the words, and that when we take this prayer that we dismantle the agreements that we've put in place as lies and strongholds to the enemy. We replace them with your love, Jesus. Undeniable love for us. We break them in your name, Jesus. By the power of your love, we confess those doubts and we repent. I we turn away from doubt. We don't want doubt. We see now, Jesus, in this statement that the joy set before us, that we have the power in your name, to dismantle doubt in our life. That we are to absolutely step into the love of God Amen. and to know the love of God Amen. deeply, intimately. And we proclaim that our God loves us unto death. Amen. And we get your resurrection, Jesus. So Jesus, we bless you, Brian. We thank you. We take it as a symbol of what you've done for us. And we take it as a as a prophetic act of stepping into who you are and who we are in you, Jesus. We take it, we bless it into our bodies. Ah, Jesus, we are your Lord and we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus. And when we take this blood, Jesus, we step into his power, Jesus. We step into us being your hands and feet to a broken world. That all we can offer Jesus is the power of your blood, the love that has spilled out from heaven. Just as we were singing that song earlier on about entering the Holy of Holies, and in the Holy of Holies you have to go past um, the, the, the bowl of brokenness and the struggles. And just as we were saying, I was, was quickly that that blood was your Jesus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lamb or a... It was you, Jesus. I can only enter the Holy of Holy. And you gladly call us in. That's the joy. That you tore down religion. And you tore down the veil so that we can step into the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. Into our Father's heart. Father, I ask that every person today asks you, Lord, what is your heart for you? Because they will be answered. I have a blessing over all of us today that we get it quickly in our spirit and in our hearts and in our minds that we understand exactly what God did for us, why He did it, and our answer is love. He wanted you back and He would do anything, even unto death, to get you back. Amen.